The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. Welcome to Medjinomics, a program about our situation, why we're there, which way we're going, and our responsibility toward that. We must take res responsibility for the condition we're in. Christianity is preserving of culture societies, the fact that it is not in a preserving state, we have to look at ourselves and what we've done, decisions we've made, and take responsibility for that, and take responsibility now for the message, because we need to see what is relevant. If our lady's coming down from heaven, her messages are relevant for the day's events. Yes, it will apply to 100 years from now, those events, but it is relevant to what she addresses. We found ourselves in a situation now where our bishops are even very vocal. And thank God, and everybody's happy, and they're saying excitedly that the bishops are coming on board in a lot of ways on different things that's happening today that wrongs many people in the Medjugorje world so long ago. And yet, we're very late in the hour for this. And so, our responsibility to the message is to look at that, see what Our Lady is saying, and apply that to what's going on at this moment. We just heard from Our Lady February 2nd, 2012. And when she said, I have been pointing you to God's presence, His infinite love, which I desire all of you to come to know. And you, my children, you continue to be deaf and blind as you look around the world, as you look at the world around you. Do not and do not want to see 
where it is going without my son. You are renouncing him. So what does it mean if we backtrack on this message? We're renouncing Jesus, him. We're going somewhere without our, her son, Jesus Christ. And Ali says, you do not want to see where you're going. And you do that because you're blind to looking around you at the world. And you're even deaf. And so these words have some bearing on today's events. Things are happening so quickly right now, so rapidly. Just this week, the whole presidential campaign was shocked on what just happened. You think God's hands in this? Where will it lead? We don't know. We do know we consecrated this country to Our Lady. And we do know all future events in the world will proceed from Medjugorje. And we do know outside of Medjugorje, Our Lady's not done anything what she's done here outside of that little village. And what she's gifted us with, with over 160 apparitions, the consecrations and many messages. And we do know Our Lady says she wants us to be seeds across the whole world. This is a big seed, a big tree that's grown up for 25 years and it means something here. There's something happening here. And evidently there's something happening even in what just happened this past week. And so when you want to know what's going on, you look toward officials and see what is happening as the signs of the times. Elias says, look around you at the signs of the times. We broke something several years ago about George Washington of a vision he had. I was doing research and came across it. It had never been broken to the public, per se. It's buried in some files. We opened it up. Many people have authored stories about this since that time. It broke it open to some books have been written just solely about this one event. But Arthur Sherman, who was with George Washington during the Revolutionary War, at 99 years of age, broke silence on an event that took place with Washington in his quarters of an event that took place that he described in 1859. It wasn't published until 1880 because it wasn't relevant. Nobody could understand it. Maybe the Revolutionary War, he saw three pearls. One of them was the Revolutionary War. The second one they couldn't see in 1859. But in 1880, they could because the Civil War just passed. That was the second pearl. But there's a third still coming. So we're going to read the intro to this in American history that was written years ago where this was dug up in the newspaper article as published in, in the Washington archives. And really what we want to talk about is the third pearl, the pearl that's waiting to come to the United States of America. From the opening of the revolution, we experienced all phases of fortune, now good and now ill, one time victorious and another time conquered. The darkest period we had, I think, was when Washington, after several reverses, retreated to Valley Forge, where he resolved to pass the winter of 1777. I have often seen the tears course down our dear commander's careworn cheeks as he would be conversing with confidential officers about the condition of his poor soldiers. You have doubtless heard the stories of Washington going to the thickets to pray. Well, it was not only true, but he used often to pray in secret for aid and comfort from God, the interposition of whose divine providence brought us safely through the darkest days of tribulation. One day, I remember it well, the chilly wind whistled through the leafless trees, though the sky was cloudless and the sun shone brightly. He remained in his quarters nearly all afternoon alone. When he came out, I noticed that his face was a shade paler than usual, and there seemed to be something on his mind of more than ordinary importance. Returning just after dark, he dispatched an orderly to the quarters of an officer who was presently in attendance. After a preliminary conversation of about half an hour, Washington gazed upon his companion with that strange look of dignity 
which he alone could command, and said, I do not know whether it is owing to the anxiety of my mind or what, but this afternoon, as I was sitting at this table engaged in preparing a dispatch, something seemed to disturb me. Looking up, I saw standing opposite a singularly beautiful female. So astonished was I, for I had given strict orders not to be disturbed, that it was some moments before I found language to inquire the purpose of her presence. A second, a third, even a fourth time did I repeat my question, but received no answer from my mysterious visitor except a slight raising of her eyes. By this time I felt strange sensations spreading through me. I would have risen, but the riveted gaze of the being before me rendered volition impossible. I essayed once more to address her, but my tongue had become useless. Even thought itself had become paralyzed. A new influence, mysterious, potent, irresistible, took possession of me. All I could do was to gaze steadily, vacantly, at my unknown visitor. Gradually, the the surrounding atmosphere filled with sensations and grew luminous. Everything about me seemed to rarefy the mysterious visitor herself, becoming more airy and yet more distinct in my sight than before. I now began to feel as one dying, or rather to experience the sensation which I have sometimes imagined accompanies dissolution. I did not think, I did not reason, I did not move. All alike were impossible. I was conscious only of gazing fixedly, vacantly at my companion. Presently, I heard a voice say, Son of the Republic, Look and learn. And Sherman went on to say exactly what George Washington described to him, which was three perils. And these perils that happened in the United States, two of them which are clearly identified as the Civil War and the Revolution, and one waiting to come. We talk often to people that are in the know of certain situations. We've been to the Pentagon. They do the patriotic grocery there, so we've have been been befriended by people that are in a know of different things. We know different people that are in the military. We know people that are in politics. And sometimes we can learn things through these people that the public generally wouldn't know. We know uh, the special operation forces. We've talked to people about different things that really isn't necessary for the public to know. But what's in the news now is about Iran, but we've been told by April we'll be in war with Iran. Is that coming? Those in the know, that's what they're saying is coming down. They're already ready for it and preparing for it. So what does this mean? I already said the world's going a certain direction. And we're headed to big things happening, and it's happening so fast, it's incredible. We got a call to to pull a clip from Glenn Beck on a show that he did yesterday. And we want to play it because if you're on a classified committee of secrets and information that's, that's not to be released, you can talk about things, not necessarily what those informations are, but what you can release. But also when you say things are coming down quickly, you won't say that without that being based on what information you can't release. I've often seen the visionaries say things. Sister Lucy did at Fatima. She actually said something about the third secret in 1950 when it wasn't released till 2000, June. Because when people have information, they can't help but be react, react to that or either form their opinions based on what the knowledge they have. And so Glenn Beck had Michelle Bachman on there yesterday and she sits on these committees. But we're going to play a clip for about 10 minutes or so of this conversation and keep in mind what Allah is telling us. This is relevant. They may be speaking from a secular side of, of events taking place now, but how does this relate when Allah says, my poor children, look at the signs of the times. Look around you. Our Lady wants us to see, but yet we're still blind. So Michelle Bachman sits on this 
classified committees sharing secrets and information few people will know about. And it can't help but influence what she says and other things. And even this turnaround with the election. There's events happening so quickly and fastly that it's hard to keep up with. And everybody's been surprised. And it's going to be that way for the next coming month, month and years. But we'll play this clip for you in light of the third pearl that George Washington saw. Santorum 40, Romney 35, Gingrich 13, Paul 12, Minnesota, Santorum 45, Paul 27, Romney 17, Gingrich 11, Missouri, Santorum 55, Romney 25, and Paul 12. Something happened. Now, we thought we would go to somebody who knows a little something about um, Minnesota, and that would be Michelle Bachman, and find out what happened in, in Minnesota. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Good morning. It's great to be on with you today, Glenn. Thank you. Um, what what happened in uh, Minnesota uh, with uh, with Romney and Gingrich? Well, I I think actually what you saw was a reaction to what President Obama has done in the last week or so with this ruling on forcing religious uh, universities and schools and to mm-hmm. offer uh, contraceptives against their teachings and practices. And I think this was really what you might call the first social policy election, because this has been so prominent in the news. People are very upset about this. This is something that I think Rick Santorum has talked about. And I think people are are reacting. And this is really very bad news for President Obama, because it shows he's not going to get away with Obamacare. And when, when the president and the Health and Human Services secretary made the decision to force religious organizations to deny their own religious beliefs in accordance with the government's will, that was too far. And so this is a signal from the American people that they are not going to put up with Obamacare. And I think that's part of the reaction. Well, here's the, here's the interesting thing. Uh, Obama has already um, started to signal now, uh, started last night, that you know maybe they're going to soften on this a little bit. Um, I, I personally don't think, I mean, I, I know these people, Michelle, you and I have talked about it before. We, we, you know who these people are. They're radicals, yeah. and they have revealed themselves now finally to even the progressive Christians exactly who they are. And yeah. they will just go and do what they always do. They'll just retool it and get it in some other way. It, you can't sit down on this, and we can't allow people to forget exactly who they are. Well, you're right, because they've decided, the Obama side has decided they're all in for radicalism. They've made their decision about what they're going to do to transform the nation, and they've been pretty successful in putting their plan in. While too often on our side, we're still twiddling our thumbs, and we haven't figured out that there's a war going on. So what it's kind you- of like if you imagine that there's, you know, you're the, you're the exception, the grand exception, but it's almost like if you imagine a football field. And there's only one team wearing jerseys, and there's no other team, and they're on the field. Well, our patriots are waking up, and I think that's part of what we're seeing now. People are saying, are you kidding me? I'm not going to sit still for this. And now people are reacting. The, um, um, uh, I've talked to a lot of people on it, and, and only a few people, especially professors who, are, who know exactly who progressives are, um, are the ones that have come out and said to me um, off air that um, they know exactly what this is. And it is this, that the progressives have overplayed their hands, just like they did with Wilson, um, and they are revealing themselves. And it is a um, it is a revolution. It is what George Soros talked about. It is what Netroots has talked about. It's, it's all of these progressives of fundamental transformation and take it because this is our this is our chance. I That's go right. I go a step further and say that it is this is to get people so riled up that it causes the chaos that they are looking for that Sor- that Soros in Davos just predicted last week. Would you go that far or do you think there's any chance at all that this was just a miscalculation of election strategy? On the part of Obama? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it could be both. I mean, it is a miscalculation, and so that's why you're seeing them um, take, I think, pretend baby steps back. Ultimately, sometimes that's what they have to do to achieve their goal. But there's no doubt in my mind 
that if President Obama has his second term, remember, wasn't it um, not too long ago when they wanted to put the abortion pills basically next to bubble gum in grocery store aisles? Well, they're putting them in. They're putting them in vending machines now. Yeah, well, they, that's because they know what they want. They they are going to make sure that they get it. And so I think publicly they're going to try to put expressions that they're pulling back, but that's why your listeners need to recognize it, and I'm sure they do, subterfuge. And we have to continue to press the case and make the case. We have less than eight months now until this election, and this is the election when we've got when, when we have to stand up if we want any chance left of pulling this nation back, we've got to stand up because if you look not just at that, but if you look across the world, what's happening. Last week was a defining week across the world when you saw the elections in Kuwait and that the Islamists took the majority in Kuwait, which we could spend an entire show just on that. And when you look at the dramatic events of Panetta saying that Israel could potentially go after Iran um, as early as April. That's crazy. And then if you look at the launch of the satellite with Iran, there are so many things happening that literally it is by the hour that we're seeing this, this closer um, uh, events are coming much quickly, much more quickly, I think, than anyone ever imagined. Michelle, um, do you believe that it is, I mean, you have Rick Santorum who lives his faith. He's a Catholic that actually lives his faith. You have Romney who, um, by all accounts, lives his faith. Um, and then you have the left who, they're living their faith. They're living yeah, the, that's you know, right. their faith. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, do you, do you believe that, um, uh, Christians and, and Jews, people who are, who are living their faith, are prepared for the kind of full frontal assault on their, on their faith um, and prepared to, to really, truly stand through what I think you believe, and I know I believe, is coming. Well, I do believe it's coming. And uh, are they prepared? I think that your show is, is, is a wonderful beacon to try and prepare people for that. But I think they aren't prepared with, uh, uh, with the threats, particularly to the United States, that we're seeing from our southern border. And part of what I'm very concerned about is the influence that Iran is having on our southern border. They're having it through places like uh, Nicaragua, Venezuela, Cuba, Ecuador. There's about 42,000 Iranians that are coming through, posing as businessmen, coming through places like Caracas, Venezuela, and they are making their presence known south of our border and then coming in through the United States. And we have to recognize that this isn't just something in the Middle East. This is something that is coming into our border. And when the President of the United States uh, is, said no to the Keystone Pipeline, that cuts us off from about 700,000 uh, barrels of oil from, from, uh, from Canada. That increases and links our dependence to a nation like Venezuela, so where Chavez is the leader. And so we are building them up while we're, we're decreasing our ability to be independent, and we have an absolutely porous American border. And I'm very concerned because of the expanse of wilderness areas along our southern border and the northern border. Thank you. Frank. Thank and you. because of that, we are seeing that our Border Patrol agents are being prevented by other arms of our government, most notably the Forest Service, from actually putting up barriers the, the, to keep this illegal activity out, and this is this is deadly activity. The Forest Service is actually now answering to the State Department. The it's, Forest Department is now, if there is a fire, they don't put out the 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 uh, truth about the fire. It has to be run to state, and state tells them what they can and can't say. That's crazy. It, it's it's more than crazy. It is, I mean, suicidal. There to, it's suicidal to our nation. And I will tell you, I spoke with um, a member of Congress uh, yesterday who talked to me about um, the, the federal lands 
where there uh, a lot of this criminal activity is financed. It's hard to believe, but here in the United States on federal lands, where illegals and when we have U.S. agents that are trying to stop it, one member of Congress told me that the illegals said to the federal agents they demanded that they handed over their identification. They took all the information down, and they said, if you ever come back here, we will kill you, we'll kill your kids. The, and so uh, we, we have literally no man's land within our own country, and we, we're having the, the means financed against us, and our federal government isn't doing anything our federal about government, it. Our federal government knows. Our federal government knows. Without any shadow of a doubt, the federal government knows this. And, I mean, there is a, uh, there was a story that we shared last night, and by the way, uh, thank you for the really strong statement on um, the uh, facts of last night's program. And I think it's going up on the blaze soon. Along You and, I believe, Ron Paul were the only ones that issued a statement. And we sent all this information out. And it was the, 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 the facts that we showed last night and the pictures that we showed last night are absolutely jaw-dropping, shocking. I'm sure you have seen them in your um, private committees uh, and uh, uh, classified committees, but I'm telling you, the American people haven't seen anything like this. No, that's right. And um, it it's is... carnage. It, it is. It, we, we, have, we have carnage in our land. and We, we, have, our, we have our federal government right now protecting um, the environment over our own uh, Border Patrol agents. We told a story last night about a Border Patrol agent that was shot, and they wouldn't allow a helicopter go, to go in because it would be bad for the birds. And so we had to ride a horse in 90 miles to go get and save this Border Patrol agent. It's obscene. And if America knew what was going on, they would go crazy. They would go crazy. I, I have been down on in Arizona. I have sat down with federal and state and local officials. They've given me photos. They they are they're wringing their hands. They don't know what to do anymore because you're right. The federal government has effectively well, shut them out, and they're not paying attention to the carnage. People are losing their lives. I have photograph after photograph of illegals who are coming across our border with. Um, AR-15s, similar to an AK-47. Mm-hmm. They're armed. They're dangerous. The the vile things that they do to women, the dismembering of bodies. It's it, it's, it's, all, it's it's right. It, we found one just recently at the Hollywood sign. Listen, Michelle, we, I'd like to have you back when we when when this there is a House bill. I'm sure you are probably a co-signer, uh, signer, uh, but there's a House bill coming out to stop this from going on with our federal lands and specifically. Um, uh, Montana, because Montana is now being um, targeted by all of these crazy leftists, and it's got to stop. It has to stop. They're already destroying the the roads um, that our border patrols are are using up at the northern border, and it's got to stop. The time is shortening, and we have to fight back. This is too important. Is there any... And so we have... What are they speaking to us about... And what I say to you is don't even don't even write to me. Don't even call and say you're mixing politics with the messages. Because I tell you what you are if you're on that side of the fence. You're blind. You're deaf. Because our lady's telling you if that's your mindset, you continue to be deaf and blind as you look at the world around you. And you do not want to see where it's going. If we look at the world around you and where it's going, you should pay attention to this. Just like Bachman just said. You aren't paying attention, she said. Now, that's the secular side of things, but we learn a lot of things about the secular side because that's the signs we need to be looking at. Yeah, our motivation, and it should be a motivation, a strong motivation, to pray. A strong motivation to do what I says, do this. I'm pointing you out I'm pointing out to you humility, my children, to purity and to pray. So why do we ignore this? Hitler did things just as we are happening now to us. And when he did things against the church, like the Catholic Church being attacked now for our belief, we said Catholics, there's Muslims willing to fight this with us. 
There are other denominations and even non-believers willing to fight. They don't believe in this when your conscience is objected. But don't think, as they were saying, if this is rescinded or they come back 10 steps, they're not coming back. We're confronted with something that's not going to go away. And Hitler just ignored, uh, ignored the initial resistance. How do we fight? Well, first is holiness, living God's commandments, and taking responsibility for our state that we're in because of our lack of living Christian precepts. The consequences of decades and decades of sin that didn't show up after the sin, but now come to us, is what we're doing in the 60s, the 50s, the 70s, and the 80s. It was going to be so bad that before it got to this point, Our Lady had to come in 1981 to get us ready. Because as Michelle Bachman just said, you're not paying attention. As Glenn Beck said, we're not prepared. And as Our Lady, on the heaven side, which is the news, you're blind as you look around the world and you do not want to see where it's going. And as I said on the show that night, February 2nd, where it's going is without my son. And Our Lady adds the next sentence, you're renouncing him. What kind of world will we inherit? 42,000 Iranians, we're about to go to war with them, are, are going across our borders. Do you think Bachman's lying? You think she's in, she's in Congress and she's getting on one of the committees where she knows these things? Is she making this up? Do you want to stay blind to that? Do you want to wake up and realize, hey, what's some big things coming f- confronting us? Why do you think she's anxious, says the time is shortening? Hasn't our lady been saying this? We already knew this. We saw this. I saw it. The community saw, saw it. The people who followed us and read, look what happened when I sleep, and written five years ago, it was all views and Christian worldviews that preceded that. So go back 10 years, 15 years ago. And everything now is being caught where the bishops are now taking the stand was wrote in there. Actually, even about the bishops. We're not standing up. The question is going to be, can we stand up? Will we be able to stand up? They just said, events by the hour. She's on this committee. Events by the hour, much more quickly than we ever were prepared to accept. And so our bishops say, we're not going to obey this new law. That's fine. I'm for it. I'm willing to stand with that. Thank God they're finally saying that. So we're not going to obey it. And in fact, we can't obey it and stay Christian because we'd have to be supporting something that we can't support. Sterilization, abortion, etc. So we don't obey it. They said we're going to have to obey it. We've got a year to comply with it. Where does that put us? Well, I think we need to add to that. We're not going to go to jail for it neither. So if we break their law, because this is a law against nature, no law against nature is is to be obeyed. You're obligated not to obey it. No natural law anywhere in the world, by any committee, government, people, whatever it is, no natural law, no law that's made that breaks natural law is to be obeyed. You can't break natural law. It's an invalid law. There's no authority for it to be held up. So then we say, okay, the bishops just said, we will not obey it. And no way will we do that. Okay, so we don't do that. So what happens? We break the law. What are they going to do? Are you going to go to jail for it? I'm not. Where do we stand up? This is the strongest stand we can take at this point. Because if we cave in on that, forget all the rest of the things that happened. We're, we lost the battle. And it's like it said in World War II. First they came after the Jews, then they came after the script, then they came after the Catholics, and there's nobody left when they came after me. They ate this, Stephen. So this is the battle lines. And thank God our bishops are on line with this. But don't think if they rescind, it's just part of the tactics. Evil, Our Lady said, wants to rule. And then she comes on just the 25th and said, pride has come to rule. So it's in place. So if lady says you're blind as you look at the world around you and do not want to see where it is going without my son, you're renouncing him. Renouncing him. He is your source of graces. He is our answer. Are we going to reverse this? No, we're not. But lady tells us if you live the messages, if you listen to her, that it might go 
well for you. That don't mean it's going to be perfect, but you can make the situation better by taking responsibility. And yes, it's got a lot to do with your finances. It's got a lot to do with our life. It's got a lot to do with our homes, the way we live. Duke Tuckerville from, from France says, to civilize a people, it is necessary first to fix it. And this cannot be done without inducing it to cultivate the soil. Is that not a profound statement? He's telling me we got to go back to the land to fix the situation. So we know already before this thing was released about the 42,000 Iranians going back and forth from Nicaragua, Ecuador, Venezuela. And now we're going to war. And Iran already announced, I read a week or two back, that we'll, we'll fill your land. It brings us to the third peril. Something on our land that George Washington saw. We've never had really foreign. Our civil war was us. And Britain, when we fought the Revolution War, was really on our own soil, but it wasn't a foreign invasion. 42,000 people. And plus, we know for a fact it's already been an untold number have implanted themselves here. What do we make of the third pearl George Washington sees as he sees this beautiful female woman that he can't describe. Then my eyes beheld a fearful scene. From each of these countries arose thick black clouds that were soon joined into one. And throughout this mass there gleamed a bright red light by which I saw hordes of armed men who, moving with the cloud, marched by land and sailed by sea to America which country was enveloped in the volume of cloud. And I saw dimly these vast armies devastate the whole country and burn the villages, towns, and cities that I beheld springing up. As my ears listened to the thundering of the cannon, the clashing of the swords, and the shouts and cries of millions in mortal combat, I heard again the mysterious voice say, Son of the Republic, Look and learn. As the voice ceased, the shadowy figure of an angel, for the last time, dipped water from the ocean and sprinkled it upon America. Instantly the dark cloud rolled back, together with the armies it had brought, leaving the inhabitants of the land victorious. Once more I beheld villages, towns, and cities springing up where I had seen them before, while the bright angel planting the azure standard he had brought in the midst of them cried in a loud voice, While the stars remain and the heavens send down dew upon the earth, so long shall the union last. And taking from her brow the crown on which, she, which was blazoned the word union, she placed it upon the standard, while people kneeling down said, Amen. The scene instantly began to fade away, and I saw nothing but the rising, curling vapor I had at first beheld. This also disappeared, and I found myself once more gazing upon the mysterious visitor who said, Son of the Republic, what you have seen is thus interpreted. Three great perils will come upon the Republic. The most fearful is the third, but the whole world united shall not prevail against her. Let every child of the Republic learn to live for God, his land, and the Union. With these words, the angel vanished from my sight. Prophecy cannot be interpreted until it's fulfilled. We easily know by the description of the Revolutionary War in that first peril, the Second Civil War. We don't know. We can't say, and I'm not saying one, two, three is going to happen. We don't know. We cannot know those things. But we can see and read that and look at the signs around us. You can do that. You can't unblind yourself. You can't pray. And you can't realize there's something coming down. How did it unfolds? What it unfolds? We've even got circumstances pointing to that. Now we've got secular, from a secular position, saying things outright. The time is short. How long has our lady been saying that? Our lady gave a message once. You're not the ma time's master. You know, he repeatedly has said, your, your life is passing as a flower. Our time is over. 
we're in the throes of the consequences. And in our pride and our arrogance, because God didn't correct us from the 60s sins and the 50s and through those decades on through to now, we've grown used to God's just going to accept it. He's modern now. God's the same God now as he was 500 years ago and 5,000 years ago. He's slow to anger. He's slow to react. Because he don't want you to come up with an excuse, well, you just did this too quick. I could have repented another day. He's given every opportunity. And now he sends the mother for 31 years, and we still are blind. We still don't listen. And he says, you listen to me while I'm speaking to you, but your hearts are closed and you are not hearing me. You are not praying to the Holy Spirit to illuminate you. My children, pride has come to rule. Don't you see, dear children, the signs? Are these words, my poor children? Why'd she say poor children? Look at the signs of the times. You don't know what's coming. She says, you can't imagine what the Almighty will send. Oh, when Israel was in sin, the Syrians were sent. You said that was a series. No, God says that was his rod. Who was the Assyrians? They're the same blood of the Iranians. And I know one of our fourth largest audiences out there is Iran. And so you Christians out there, pray. We're praying for you. We know you're persecuted. We know you have great difficulties. And for those who are moderate Muslims and see a lot of things that we have in union. May God bless you. We've got to realize that he's calling us to a world of peace. And the object of every war is more perfect peace. And God is peace, and we don't have God anymore. We say it in words, we say it in deeds, and we won't when it's convenient. Other than that, we don't. And you, my children, you continue to be deaf and blind as you look at the world around you and do not want to see where it is going without my son. Frank, we're way overdue, and I know you're there. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's encouraging that uh, the response, that people are responding to this health care, and it's encouraging that we're saying, no, you know, we're, we're not going to take this. Um, but there's something that uh, I see in the message that's, that is very fascinating to me or, or, or awesome. And speaking to people globally, I've heard others say this, how when you're reading the writings, you're listening to Radio Wave, you see that our Lady's messages and your teaching are interwoven. And it's a very beautiful thing. We can see in our families and in community how we become one heart and one mind with each other. But you can kind of see through your teaching that we're coming one heart and one mind with Our Lady. And that this is what she's saying to us when she says, you're listening to me while I'm talking, but I have much more to say. She says that I come to give messages as never before since the beginning of time. She says God speaks to us through man and nature in, in many ways. So if ever, you know, and Our Lady's pointing to, to the writings when she's talking about the shepherds that Jesus has chosen. It's everywhere from the Pope to fathers and head of households, as you showed us in How to Change Your Husband. If there's anything that we can look back to, your listeners, and, and our responsibility to spread this radio show and spread these tapes and CDs and spread the book, it ain't going to happen, it's your question to Our Lady in 1986. For the graces that are in Medjugorje, which I always thought was an incredible thing to ask. So the, the greatest grace that's ever come to earth, can we have that this year in our home? And Our Lady responded to you. If, if anyone, if, if you could see, Jesus has chosen someone to shepherd his people. This is, 
documented fact over and over again throughout the years, starting with the answer in 86, and the many times Our Lady has spoken directly and answered a question. And I think it's very important for people to understand that are hearing this that there's no place else online that's, that's more important than Medjugorje.com. What else would you rather hear? This is what this message is saying to me. This has been my experience with the teachings, and this is what the people that I talk to globally are seeing. And so these are the times we live in, the most glorious times where you never can be sure that what you're doing is God's will, but it's never been clearer in the history of the world what's happening in our time. And, and generations that will come after us will see this very clearly. But this is what Our Lady's saying to me today, to listen to what you're saying and, and what you're doing to the community of Caritas. And for us and our nine children, this is a, the destination of choice, even our two adult children, because... We experienced this, what Our Lady said in her message. You'll find heaven in humble souls. And I think this is a, this is the draw to the community and the community life and, and what you're showing us. Well, I think that you touch on a note there when you say humble souls because everything we've talked about in Mesonomics, of course, is getting back to the land. And here we have this quote from this French philosopher saying, to civilize a people, interesting, it says to civilize a people, it is necessary first to fix to fix it. And this cannot be done without inducing it to cultivate the soil. How interesting that is. Because that's what God told Adam. You sin. I'm going to civilize you away from your sin. And you should toil with the soil. So this is scriptural, even though it's a secular statement. Going back to Michelle Bachman's statements, it's scriptural, even though it's a secular statement. Because it's everything our lady's been saying to us. Be ready, my children. And her messages are an echo of the scriptures. As Maria says, man, modern man understand the Bible. So we're living biblical moments, biblical times. I know uh, a lot of people may have questions about what decisions should they make. Frank, give them any of your information. So if you have any, any things about your financial walk or the responsibility you have now for getting making decisions and finding yourself where you need to get out of, you can call Frank. There's some very unique things happening physically in the physical markets that I can't touch on here. We don't have time. So... Um, you can call me to understand those things, but, um, you know, there are some particular things where wholesalers are coming and underpinning this market. So people really don't wait. If you're waiting for a better price, um, call me, and, and I'll tell you, what, tell you what's going on. And also we track advertising and to see, to see what's working and uh, to spread the, the book. It ain't going to happen. And the main thing is you, word of mouth, your listeners, uh, people call me, how did you hear about this? A friend. And so this is very important. The people that are listening understand I've spoken to you, somewhat repetitive to you, but the, the importance is is to, uh, to spread this message and, and spread these tapes, and it ain't going to happen. And, and we, you can get a hold... Go, go ahead, give me your number. Okay. You can get a hold of us at 877-936-7686. You can email us at global information from our website at globalsilverinvestors.com. And this is a time, and this is an opportunity. What just happened with Obama, what they've done, cramming this down the throat. Even, New, even Notre Dame's president, who fought all the Catholics that resisted him for inviting him there to speak, for justified reasons, because he's very, very immoral about what a lot of policies already had up to that point, uh, has gone the other way and shocked at what Obama's doing. Some of the most liberal even left-leaning bishops are jumping all over this. But they thought they could con you, um, 
dialogue this way, or they thought they could talk and he'd collaborate. Even in personal conversation with Bishop Dolan, Obama indicated he would do this, and he completely betrayed him. In fact, that's the word he used. We've been betrayed. I wrote three and a half years ago an article called Betrayed, Betrayal. Look it up. It's all about Obama. We, told, we said this was coming because we saw it in the message. Read that. It's called Betrayal. Search it on the site. The other thing to do is to re-listen this clip of Bachman and what she says. Re-listen to it and think about those things. And how do you relate this to the messages of Our Lady, February 2nd? Look at these signs and pay attention to them. The other thing is look what happened while you're sleeping. It's a must-read. Everything happening, everything is coming down, was in, is in this book. If you don't have the money, just call us. We'll send it to you. The information that you get and educate yourself and become illuminated to the Holy Spirit of what it tells you is more important to us than we receive the money for the book. Our mission has always operated that way. The other thing you can do from the site is download American History You Never Learned and read the whole th- vision of George Washington and what he saw that afternoon, cold afternoon in his tent, in his quarters. Read this. The man was known for never telling a lie when he cut down the cherry tree. He was truthful. This happened. I believe it. And the fact that it has come to be two times already, and it's very credible, and it was even put in the papers back then, and people didn't make up that kind of thing, especially in the 1800s. Now, no telling what you could read, but back then, it had to be credible. No one would say that about another person who's just so great and held such esteem as George Washington without it being laughable. If they thought it was a joke or something silly, they accepted it. So it's time we do too. It's time we accept our latest truth. It's time we become unblind. So re-listen to those things. Re-listen to the clip. Look what happened while you're sleeping. American history you never learned. You can download free. And pay attention. Be ready. Think. Pray. Fast. Peace. And penance. We love you. We wish you Our Lady. Good day. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.